When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I make nothing. Zero. Zilch. It's a wash. Well, why you do it then? Well, because I'm selfless. And I want to heal as many people as the dear Lord lets me. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the power of rookie picks. Everybody loves Dynasty. That's one of the, the key things about Dynasty that keeps you coming back is the rookie draft. It, it's what keeps you around, unlike conventional fantasy football, best ball, what have you. Um, we're going to talk about rookie picks, how we handle them, trade them, etc. But who I'm very Happy to have back with me for the first time in a couple of weeks. This guy himself, busy fella, you know him better as the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, buddy, how you been? Jerry has come back. You know, busy, and that sucks. Uh, work, work is work. Sometimes I got to do it. It's unfortunate. Um, but God, does it feel good? to just sit at my computer screen and look upon the beautiful face of the waving Randall Young. I'm good. How have you been? You well, are busier than me, and you still somehow managed to do this like a psychopath. Well, here's the thing. It's like no matter what you want to do, um, you have to build it into your schedule. So we have one commercial we got to get to. We'll get to that in a second. But if you're looking for a book to read, um, especially if you struggle with like with a routine and discipline and stuff, is Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink, he's a famous SEAL, Navy SEAL, got a podcast. Who doesn't? Um, but <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah. And, and, and Jocko's great, but he's got a book called Discipline Equals Freedom. And while sometimes my life very much has a Groundhog Day, if you've seen the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. classic, uh, it can feel repetitive at times, but I can say that 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 repetitiveness, or you can call it discipline, it frees me up to do the podcast, to coach baseball, to start jujitsu, to all the different things that I I work into my week. It's just a schedule. I'm I'm, I'm no one special. Ah, uh, do not sell yourself short, my friend. Well, I am not going to sell you short, man. I am, I am glad you're back. Uh, before we hit the record button, that's the name of our patron exclusive show. It's called Before I Hit the Record Button. Jerry and I spent, what, uh, a good 20 minutes talking about poker, dog poop, Dave Portnoy, 
Um, a lot of things that is exclusive to our patrons. And they get this show early and ad-free if you're an audio consumer. Obviously, if you're watching the dozens watching live with us on Sunday night. Uh, but if you're a, a, an audio consumer and you like podcasts, you get it early and ad-free. So you get the bonus content. We did bonus content last week with Seth. We did bonus content tonight with Jerry. And I think it was pretty good. Pretty good, Jerry. Yeah. And I, I, you probably scared a bunch of people off talking about dog poop, but in truth, it was a, a good, uh, yeah, it wasn't a micro, recipe. micro, micro sky. No, no, we didn't analyze which poop we like better. It was, um, looking at society from a, a macro level. It, it was, it was a, uh, it was a, just a little, uh, little talk about poop, Jerry, because every, everybody finds poop funny. And if you don't, I question you. Listen, let's get the one commercial out of the way. Let's talk about Dynasty Deluxe, and we'll get into good people, bad tweets. This episode is brought to you by Player Profiler, the Dynasty Deluxe package. The rankings are the best in the industry. It includes strategy mode where you can say, hey, change the rankings to be win now. Oh, change the rankings to be productive struggle. There's also a draft planner to help strategize where you should take players because the draft planner also includes ADP. There's a trade finder where we look up on my fantasy league and we see trades that are done, including a particular player. Then there's a trade analyzer where you can plug in draft picks, players, and we assign a lifetime value to draft picks out five years. The best thing about our trade analyzer, it can't be gamed with volume. And there's mock draft data to see right now, what's the market for player X versus player Y, including in the fall when very few mock drafts are happening. And our Dynasty Guide, the Dynasty Dominator would cost you 10 bucks on Amazon, but you get it for free with Dynasty Deluxe and you get our Rookie Guide for free, a $25 value. So you get all of that for 45 bucks. I mean, it's a great deal. It is a great deal. We, we wouldn't be advertising if it wasn't. So, Jerry, I'm glad you're back. Last week when I had Seth Diewald on from the Dynasty Roundtable, we actually did a double shot of good people, bad tweets. They were pretty special. Uh, I've got one tonight a little bit more interesting. When I say the person's name, you're going to be like, uh-oh, here we go. But it's not because it, I'm actually going to pair two things together for one topic. So this tweet that inspired this week's segment is from Dave Kluge. Everybody remembers Detective Dave uh, many years ago. Uh, he has uh, done very well for himself in the, sure. in the fantasy and, and content creation space. So big thumbs up for Dave. Um, but Dave tweeted out, Caleb Williams only needs to be slightly above average as a passer to instantly be the best QB in Bears history. And what made me choose this as the one to cover is that I think it was the 33rd team, which I hate to put them out there after, after they let go of all their fantasy people, but mm -hmm. they, they put out one every team's last 4,000-yard passer. The Bears have never, ever had a 4,000-yard passer. So, Jerry... What do you think about Caleb Williams? Do you think that if the Bears were to go, and I'm pretty sure they're going to, is because we're going and, and this is also topical because we're going to talk about rookie picks here in just a minute. Um, what what do you think when when I tell you these things? Do they have to go Caleb Williams? I, I mean, I think they have to go Caleb Williams. You can't pass up. You can't miss on Caleb Williams and C.J. Stroud as potential franchise changing quarterbacks and think you're going to survive. 
especially when Justin Fields has never shown you that he is capable of being a winning quarterback. I think he's electrifying and he's fun to watch and he's exciting and he's pretty good for dynasty. But as far as being a professional, that's, I mean, tough. As far as what Dave said, I think he's probably right. Because if you've never had a 4,000 yard passer, the bar is not very high. We're not talking about Matthew Stafford where you need 5,000 or Joe Burrow or Drew Brees or da, 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 da. 4,000 is not a huge threshold. Now, get, uh, don't get me wrong. It's tougher to do it in Chicago. You got to play outside in Green Bay. You got to play all your home games in Chicago. And if you've ever been to Chicago, especially during that fall, early winter period, it's a hellscape to try and breathe, let alone to play football, to try and throw a football. It's a tough situation. Don't get me wrong. But I'm sort of with him on that. Yeah, uh, funny thing about Chicago, if you go to Chicago from the from the months of like April through October, especially as like a single or a younger fella, may not be a better city in the entire country Fair. to go check out. If you go to, to Chicago like November through March, it's a cesspool. It's a cesspool yes. of cold and wind and uncomfort and just not a great city. Um, I, I elaborated a lot on Caleb and we're actually going to talk about him here as, as one of our picks. I just thought this was really good. Like I did not, I knew that the bears had had quarterback woes because when you think of quarterback woes, you think about Cleveland, right? The yeah. QB factory of sadness, but even Cleveland's had some 4,000 yard passers and, and the weather in Cleveland also not, not sunshine and roses, not, not sunshine and roses. So I'm going to give you a little Dana White. I'll give you a little Dana White. And then for Mike in the chat, later on in the show, I will hit you with some Crip Mac. But for now, Dana White. In this room knows the way that I feel about a lot of things. Basically, I don't give a fuck is the answer to most things. Uh, everybody's too soft. Everybody's too sensitive about everything. That's usually true, Jerry. Everybody yeah. is too soft. Everybody is too sensitive. Uh, especially when you talk about Justin Fields, but it, it feels like that the uh, the the Twitter space has come to grips with. They're in the acceptance phase of Justin Fields finding a new team. Speaking of Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. That's one of the first things I want to talk to you about with rookie picks tonight. Right? Okay. Is if you have the one hundred and one, if if you have the one hundred and one, and in your league. Are you compelled? Do you have to take Caleb Williams? Are you in the same boat as the Bears? And because your league mates know that, do you think that takes away some of the power you have as the GM of the 101? I don't think so, but I also don't think you have to. It, we live in a world of the dynasty community where people live in these absolutes. And I've said this the whole time we've ever done this show, that there are no absolutes in this game. If you would have told me that you were going to have Justin Jefferson 100% of the time over Puka Nakua going into last year would not have been outrageous to say. Puka Nakua scored more points than him. So there are situations where the narrative is incorrectly determined. I think we will find out when we have the whole story. 
right? We don't, if he ends up in Chicago with a history of never having a 4,000 yard passer and he doesn't run like Justin Fields, well, if he doesn't throw for 4,000 yards and he doesn't run like Justin Fields, he's not going to be a great dynasty asset. So you need him to go be the absolute peak that the Chicago Bears have ever had in a hundred years of their history for him to do that. But also, is that saying that he's not a better quarterback than everybody else? I think that's probably a reach too. I just I think we need to think more in line of ranges with people. Seventy five percent hit, twenty five percent miss. Taking Jaden Daniels. 35% of the time versus Caleb Williams, 65% of the time and so on and so forth. And I think that's how we should treat it. So, so let me I, ask I, you this. Go ahead. Um, let's say, and, and you're not this bad at dynasty, but let's say you had six one Oh ones, all super flex. Um, what ratio would you have of Caleb Williams, Drake may Marvin Harrison jr. Would you have like a, a port? Would you portfolio it that way? Would you want a little bit of everybody just in case? So or- with, a, with a super flex league, I think I would probably not go Marvin Harrison jr. I just, I quarterbacks are just unbelievable assets that are just unmatched really, but there's absolutely a percentage where I take Jane Daniels and probably a much smaller. I don't know if the six is probably a sample size that I wouldn't reach for Drake May there. But if we talked 100 leagues, would I take Drake May three, four, five times? I think probably. I think Jaden Daniels probably 20 to 30 times. Because we're sitting in a situation last year, we could look at this. I would guess if you had a 100 league sample size, you would have seen Bryce Young go 101 60% of the time. And you would have seen Anthony Richardson go a ton and you would have seen a smaller percentage of CJ Stroud. And then you look at the startup numbers going into 2024 and you're looking at CJ Stroud in that situation, exponentially higher than all of them. So yes, there is absolutely a percentage that I would, I would take certain players for sure. And and then depending on roster makeup, maybe there is a situation where I take Marvin Harrison Jr. If I'm sitting there and I got Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, and then I got Anthony Richardson as my three or something like, yes, maybe I'm pissing a little bit of value, but if I got a well-rounded roster, that's ready to just club all of my league members. Sure. There's probably two or three situations where I could take Marvin Harrison Jr. too. See, and that that's why I asked this question. That's why I wanted to share it with the listeners is that, there is that power that we have as dynasty gamers because the consequences of us getting it wrong are different than the consequences of Ryan Poles getting it wrong. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Pace got to draft both Mitch Trubisky, who did get him to the playoffs, and Justin Fields. This is Ryan Poles' first opportunity to draft his guy. But I got like I've said before, he doesn't have a choice because it's career suicide for him yeah. if he drafts anybody else or trades the pick and keeps Justin Fields and Caleb Williams goes on to be the next best quarterback in the league to, to Patrick Mahomes. He'll always be the guy who passed on Caleb Williams. But if you take Caleb Williams, he can always be the guy who says, Hey, I, I, I mean, what was I supposed to do? It's the same yeah. thing the Jags dealt with with Trevor Lawrence. And it's very similar to what we saw a couple of years ago in Superflex, where you had to take Trevor Lawrence or in the case of, Saquon Barkley and Marvin Harrison Jr. There in a one QB, there's a clear line. 
I, I think that as a dynasty gamer, you have very much the opportunity to draft whoever you want. Bingo. And, and because every league, not every, but a lot of leagues will have an Ohio State fan. You can ask yourself, <laughs> how, how far comfortable am I going back to let someone trade up and maybe overpay for Marvin Harrison Jr.? I've seen dynasty rankings, not mine. Lord, no, not mine. But I've already seen that man as the wide receiver four in dynasty for some people. I I, I, I love Marvin Harrison, Jerry. But, but if I'm he ends not, up as a Patriot or something, like get the fuck out of you, here. You know, well, I'm I'm glad you brought up the Patriots, but because I, I, I want to circle back to that here in just a second. But remember, you have to have your own process. We're gonna have a bunch of great guests on. We're gonna do a mock draft next week. We're gonna do two rounds because you can get a little bit more in. We'll, we'll get, try to get a guest or two. Maybe we'll invite some of the Dynasty Warzone guys on, some player profiler guys. We'll knock out a rookie mock next week. Two round. Like I say, Jerry, two round super flex tight end premium. I like it. So, so there you go. Um, I, I want to circle back to the Patriots real quick. Now, and 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 it comes up with you bringing up CJ Stroud. You remember last year when Houston was a dead landing spot for for a quarterback. Yeah. They had a bad they had a bad GM, Nick Casario. They had a yeah, rookie head coach who was a defensive-minded guy. They had a wide receiver who had played for two years and hadn't done anything. The other guy was a rookie. And all of a sudden, you draft a guy like CJ Stroud and things come together. And don't be surprised. And I, I want to give credit because I agree with this. I was actually talking to myself as I was driving. Ray Garvin brought this up on the Mind of Mansion the other day when he popped by with Matt. And I think it's great because I was very concerned about the landing spot of New England, especially being a big Drake May guy, because that could be where he goes. But I am not going to let that bother me because it's an unknown. And if you like a prospect, take a prospect. Another example from the wide receiver, you mentioned Marvin Harrison going to the Patriots. You know, I, rem I remember when A.J. Brown going to Tennessee was going to be a problem. What do the kids say? I'm old enough to remember when when that was a problem, and I don't think it's a problem as much as we as we think it is. So I, I think you're going to see quarterback. Theo, one, two, Theo three. agrees with you. Theo's taking a shot at me too. Yeah, Theo Griminger, the director of content here at Player Profiler uh, Audio Video, he said if Marvin Harrison Jr. winds up a Patriot, he could see 160 targets. That's true, but he could see 160 targets in Arizona too. Uh, I I would much rather him get those 160 targets from Kyler Murray than Mac Jones. But what if they sign Kirk Cousins? That's why we love the offseason, guys. Um, but this 101, do not fall for this. You're going to hear so many narratives. And, and if you think you can get value and you're happy trading out, trade out. But don't feel like, because there's going to be this drumbeat, Marvin Harrison Jr. or Caleb Williams, Jerry, and I don't think you have to do it. Do what you feel is right. True, especially with a class like this. I think, I, I mean, yes, Marvison, Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of those unbelievable prospects as a wide receiver that we haven't seen really recently. Um, but still, there's not, there's so many situations he could end up with that are not conducive to him being a successful dynasty asset immediately. Not to say forever, but we play a short-term game. And I, everybody wants to talk about, Jerry, this is Dynasty. You can keep the players forever. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. So if he's not going to jump to be an NVIDIA 
like stock that's just skyrocketing over the last six months, I can wait. And yes, it's still going to be expensive. If I get in at NVIDIA when it's $500 versus right now where it's like 800, but I'm still seeing a little bit of that value. So that's, that's my worry with all of these situations. All right. Well, I want to talk to you about uh, a, a couple of spots and we're going to talk about trading here in just a second, but this is for our boy, Mike. He is a patron and he is a regular watcher here. So he, he wants it. It's his favorite sound drop. The Crip Mac on hood. On hood, Mike. Thanks for always being in the chat and supporting the show. So Jerry, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have, we'll say Superflex because I attend that tends to be most because of the this is in. America, sir. Actually, it's well, not. We got I, listeners I, from everywhere, but because it's 2024. The, there we go. The, the, this is true. I, I would say the ratio has flipped. When we started playing Dynasty and doing this podcast almost seven years ago, it was 80% 1QB and 20% Superflex, maybe even less than that. And now it's probably more like 80% Superflex, but we want to make sure that the 1QB gamer, we got you in mind as well. So we're going to say Superflex, Jerry. Would you rather have the 108 in this draft or would you rather have the 201 and the 204? I would rather have the package of seconds, Randall. And we think, who was the 108 last year? Just to give, give me a comparison. So we're looking at probably some combination of like Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, Will Levis. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Which one of those guys is absolutely setting the world on fire right now? And it's not fair to compare classes entirely, but I'm just living in a world of ranges here. Say Flowers is fine. Will Levis set the world on fire week one, and then, yeah, he's fine. Quentin Johnston is Quentin Johnston. We don't have to beat a dead horse on that. And I could have gotten it 201. I could have gotten Rashi Rice. 204, I could have snagged, you know, whoever. There's just, there's such a little gap in that pick range, and I get the extra person on top of it, especially with this class. I could get a a quarterback with one of those, J.J. McCarthy or uh, Michael Penix or whoever, plus a similar wide receiver that's going to go at 108. Like, I'm going to take, like, Troy Franklin, and if I get Malachi Corley later on, what is his percentage of production going to be less than Troy Franklin? A, we don't know, but just based on perceived value, 10%, 15%, plus I get the extra player on top of it? That just It, it seems easy for me. I understand that people like the early picks because they're sexier, and by the time we get to 108, it's, it's going to be really exciting but i i just feel like that early second like that 201 pick is so critical because it's always the under the radar guy that ends up in the bomb ass situation it feels like uh devon achan was in that spot a lot last year um and, and i'm looking um if you want good dynasty rankings go get the dynasty deluxe package with player profiler uh, i just quickly pulled up some free rankings from the athletic you know, in that 201 to 204 range, you know, you could potentially, you you mentioned Xavier Leggett, Jonathan Brooks, um, Trey Benson. You know, those those are some of the names. Um, Braylon that, Allen. That, that's and, the other thing about this class is you're not going to see those high-end running backs. 
which because there's not really any of those game changing running backs, but there's running backs in this class that are going to have a role in the NFL. And I can pop off two of them if I want to do. What do we say? Draft running backs, trade for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get potentially the RB two or three in this class at 201, which is very well un- good and super flex. Un- un- unheard of in Dynasty. It's it, it just that, that that's my play. And what what's going to happen when a running back gets an opportunity? Value. I, I mean, up. if one of these guys, um, we'll have to see how free agency goes because that's kind of the the next big thing is is free agency. I think it's three weeks from Wednesday, if I remember correctly. Obviously, this week coming up with the combine, uh, it'll be good to do a mock draft next week coming off the combine because everybody loves a good combine, Jerry. I mean, listen, there's nothing better than the underwear Olympics. Let's be real. And I I say that with a little bit of facetiousness in my voice, but in reality, I'm going to watch every second of it. So don't think I'm high and mighty. 100%. And uh, it's going to adjust the way that we look at some of these rookies. I would just say this uh, as I get into my my little take here on these two picks. um, Don't let athletic people doing athletic things make you make bad decisions. Because we know the guys who are good, and when they confirm that they're good, like Marvin Harrison Jr., if he runs like a 4-4 flat at his size, we kind of expected it. He can't get much higher. Um, be cautious with double counting, because that's what happens are you, a lot. Are you on the side of the 108, or are you the... No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the two picks, because okay. that's going to take me into my, my, my follow-up que- question with this one right here. No, I want the two picks, because... I, I mean, I, I, I do too. I, I won't say that there's not an opportunity with this class of these wide receivers, that the 108 wide receiver can't absolutely explode and be the better pick in the long run. Well, the reason why I picked the 108 for me, this just from my rookie ranking so far, super flex. I've got the three QBs, Brock Bowers, because I play a lot of tight end premium as well. Yep. The three wide receivers. And the, the more I listen to people, the more I hear of non-dynasty gamers, right? But like uh, Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper Jr., those guys, everyone's favorite wide receiver that doesn't do what we do Everybody loved Rome Adunze, and that was one of the guys that Dallas talked about way back in October on the podcast. And um, but that that one hundred eight becomes like the dead man's the the, the dead zone yeah. uh, of the draft, and and that takes me to my next question: is the like the one ten? What are you doing with the one ten? Because I'll I'll tell you, me personally, right now, I'm looking to move it. Can I get a year two running back? Can I? Can I go get someone Zamir White in the 202? Can I move back a little bit? How how very similar to what we did with the 108 or the 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 201 and 204. I, I'm looking to get out of that 110. That 110, it's worth something, obviously, because it's a first round pick, but that is an area of the draft I absolutely hate hate drafting from. I think that is sort of the case every year. If you want me to be honest with you, that person is always like the person that people like, but ends up in a bad spot, but they're the guy like Johnny Mingo sort of like, it's just like, oh, he's got the opportunity and, you know, he was a decent enough prospect and he went to, and then we get there and it's just not it. So I, I mean, listen, I am pretty much 
in most draft class, I'm going to try and get out of the, unless I need a tight end and there's multiple tight ends, I'm going to get out of the 108, 109, 110, 111 range. Just because I, I feel like that is the, the tight end premium sweet spot. Most times, I mean, we, we got Bowers and, you know, when we had pits, it, you know, you weren't getting a guy there, but I feel like most years that's where you snag that guy and he's the value that we get. But more often than not, yes, I am flipping that. And it's when you get to a point in April and then really in May, even March and now, nobody gives a damn about the guy who finished as RB10 or RB11 or, you know, RB15 60 days ago. Like they just don't care. But 110, well, he could finish his. RB11 or RB10. And so everybody wants it. And so I can flip him and I can get a veteran and I'm so cool with that. Yeah, that is 100% what I'm looking to do. Um, Because again, every year, um, Daryl Henderson was a 110. In, in the it, Royce Royce Freeman. I mean, we can name name a bazillion. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Josh Dotson. Just a lot of brutal guy. I, I, I am. That was such a bad class. People, I mean, and and for the most part, it's true that rookie picks will only acquire more value as you get closer to the NFL draft. But sometimes I don't want people to realize that 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 these picks aren't always as as historically they're not great. That's what I like. I like to tell people like Jordan McNamara is a good follow and he is he is a proponent of that. And I always whenever he's arguing with somebody, I always just tell him, let him learn the hard way. That's always the comment I put on it, because in time you will realize how often rookies don't work. Like uh, Honestly, not, you know, you don't have C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson in a class every year. It just. It's tough. So getting out of it and getting value for your Fugazi number that you have, you're oh, I got 108. 108 doesn't mean anything if it doesn't help me win. And it doesn't help me win unless that person actually pans out to the level I need them to, which means I need them to be a top 15 running back, a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. And we're talking about the eighth pick of a rookie class. And that's the jump I need them to make. It's tough sledding, man. Yep. I know. I, I agree a hundred percent. So, um, I will say, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, when we talk about the two Oh one through the two Oh four. So here are rookies that weren't super high draft picks last year and where they finished in super flex tight end premium scoring. Puka was the highest scoring rookie. He yeah. was not a first round pick. No, Sam, sure Lapp- Sam Laporta, even he was the second, and this is tight end premium, was the second highest rookie scorer. CJ Stroud, obviously pretty good. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, those guys all did well. Jordan Addison was kind of in the middle, but your classmate that you graduated with at Michigan State, Jaden Reed, wasn't he's the seventh most rookie points in PPR. Jaden Reed, same with Rashi Rice, he was a second rounder. Uh, now Zay Flowers was the one dead zone guy. That 108 to 112, he was a dead zone and, guy, and he finished. He finished the season sort of 
with that production, like he he was sort of on par with that. Where where you're going to take somebody like he was fine. He showed flashes. You're you like you're not you're not mad that you drafted him. You're also not super excited that you drafted him, which is the feeling with this kind of pick. No, that that that's very true. That that that's very true. Well, listen, we're about halfway there. Um, let's get a quick word about um injury finder. Hey, you're in your fantasy draft and someone says, Hey, that guy's injury prone. I don't want him. And you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't think you can predict injuries. Well, guess what? Now you can! Injury proneness is real! At Player Profiler, we have the data on these players, and it's all in the Injury Finder app. Their injury track record back through time, exactly where they were injured, how severe it is. We look at the BMI data, and we crunch it all together, and we give you probabilities that a player will miss multiple games this NFL season, as well as the complete database of NFL injuries and the ability to compare two players and look at their injury track record. The Injury Finder is powerful. And it's only five bucks. If it's worth it to have that peace of mind when you're drafting, go get it. There you go. Simple little app. You put it on your phone. Easy peasy. Now, Jerry, I do have a question for you. And um, I'm, I'm going to share mine. But do you have a best practice when it comes to trading picks? You know, I am a person. You're in a lot of leagues with me. So you know this to be true. I will give you every one of my late picks. I will never, ever, ever let a third round pick, a rookie pick, get in the way of a good deal. And if it means you want me to give you that little bit of sprinkles on top of your donut, I will give you those sprinkles and I will not think anything of it. Because if I get the person or the asset that I want, the third round pick means nothing to me. And every once in a while, they're puka. And I jump off a bridge but more times than not a vast majority of times the variance leans in my favor where those third round picks are just they're a scratch off ticket which we've said a lot of times on this podcast and they don't hit and you end up crumpling them on the ground that's why you give them for christmas gifts yeah here's a five dollar scratch off i love you you get a chance to win a big money oh i lost grandma that's what they are so that's that's always my move. I, I will not let those late picks. I will not let guys who have not made a difference hinder me at all. Yeah, and I, w- I want to answer before I, I tell you one of my best practices about trading picks. Um, I want to answer a question from the chat. Someone said, who who would I take it like at that 109, 110 range? I, I mean, I'm going to be obviously it's going to be wide receiver. Um, and I, I think you can put them all in a sack after the big three and shake them up, and you're just trying to to grab the best one that you. Just like last year, you know, last year if if you drafted Rishi Rice, congratulations, you 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 scratched off a winner. Yeah. Same thing with with Jaden Reed. Um, same thing with Tank Dell, and then there are other guys that didn't. Jonathan Mingo as comes as an example as a guy who didn't. So I'm just gonna. In the 110, it's probably going to be a wide receiver, and I'm going to go to what I should have done last year with Rishi Rice is just give me the one with a couple of factors, right? The least barrier to success, and that's exactly what Rishi Rice had. It was him. It was um, – who's the knucklehead they got from the Giants? Kadarius Tony. It was Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. I like Sky Moore. I'll, I'll admit that. I, I was wrong. Um, I, I But – 
there was a low barrier to success for Rishi Rice attached to a good quarterback. It probably goes without saying that the Bills are going to draft a wide receiver this year. Yeah. And, and that going to be tied to a good a good quarterback. Um it, it will really be that simple for me in the 108 109. I'm just gonna, like same thing same reason why I like Devon A Chan last year. I'm not a huge Mike McDonald fan, but I do know the offense that he runs. I do know that's a high-powered offense, especially in those September, October, November months, which is exactly what it was last year. So that's why I like that one. Um, so I just want to make sure we answer a couple of chat questions. As we get going, we'll try to take a, a, a couple of others because we do appreciate all the likes and, and YouTube chats and Twitter and, and everybody else jumping in. My big one is if you want a certain player, especially if you want a Malik Neighbors, uh, if you have a, a favorite, like Drake May is my favorite quarterback in the class. Uh, I'm not going to hide that fact. I'm a big Drake May guy. Uh, but if you like that player, now is the time to go get that pick. Whatever pick you think it will take, because if you're looking for the player, then you got to go like if you want Marvin Harrison Jr. in a one QB league, you got to go get one on one. Yep. But right now, a lot of people probably, especially if they're less savvy than you, and I say you as in the listener, because you're listening to a podcast in February <laughs> about dynasty fantasy football. I'm saying that that there are league mates of yours and mine, quite frankly, that aren't as savvy as us. And so they might not be thinking that the 102, because to me, it's not the 102 and a 1QB. It's Malik Neighbors. Maybe maybe Roma Dunze. But if you have the 102, you can do whatever you want. Maybe someone gets off their feet and Marvin Harrison Jr.'s there. The 102 is the spot that I would be looking to get to. Because once people start putting two and two together, we have a great combine. We have an, an NFL free agency you know, season that cleans up and, and straightens up some of the draft positions, people are going to start slotting them in. We're going to do a mock draft next week. More people are going to do mock drafts. Eventually, your league mates are going to catch up a little bit, and then the price of that pick is going to go up because you're no longer you're no longer acquiring the 102. You're acquiring Malik Neighbors. So I, that's how I treat trades like that, Jerry. Is like I, I know so like. What would I have to add to the 102 just to go get Malik Neighbors? That's kind of how I look at it, and I'm going to add whatever I feel like gets the job done. Is it my second? Is it a future second? Like if I have the 105 and I want to get up to 102, that's what I may have to do. I'm with you. And, and what I will say is F everybody else. Take the person you want. Take the person that you think is going to help. We talk about things like, you know, let, I'm, I'm just going to use the Lions as an example because there's a shining example of it in Jameer Gibbs, right? People did not expect Jameer Gibbs to go that early in the NFL draft, but they wanted him. They wanted him, and they knew they weren't going to get him when they had the second their second-round pick. They took their guy. They traded up. They got their guy. Jameer Gibbs is an unbelievable talent, and they added an unbelievable talent to their team. You can do the same. If somebody else is screaming that it was a horrible pick, they don't know. Nobody knows. We have 
absolutely zero true insider information about how organizations run or their thought process or what they're going to do. Because honestly, it's February 25th. They don't know what they're going to do yet. It is just people that are talking, which is what we're doing. Don't get me wrong, which is why I always tell you there's a range of outcomes that can happen because that's the best I can do is minimize that range and have you make the best decision because that's how I play. I don't tell you anything that I'm not doing. Am I right all the time? No. I drafted Hakeem Butler in the first round. I, I liked what I saw. I, 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 I learned remember. my I learned my effing lesson. You know, the podfather called him Hakeem Bustler. Yeah, and you know what? I was ready to be like, hey, Matt, you're wrong. And guess what he did? He spit directly into my face and showed me who actually was wrong. I Just take the players you want. Nobody knows. You're not you're not in the position rooms. You're not you're not listening to the offense coordinator. You don't know what he's scheming. Defensive okay. coordinators don't know what they're scheming. That's why they get shit on. Like, stop it. Now, one last question, and then we'll take try to take a few from the chat. Uh, maybe we'll do that a little bit more this offseason, try to get more uh QA with the the listeners. Is is there a a tiebreaker, like you're, you're looking at two different prospects. Is there like ever any tiebreakers that you use? Because I'll, I'll tell you the one that I use while you think on this question for a second is to me is just draft players that go to good offenses. It's I mean, really, that, that, that was good. That was going to be my answer, but it's really, it's really that simple. I know you're just like, well, that's just so simple. It's, it's, it, it is last year. I'm going to, I'm going to use this list that I have here of, of offenses and the, the top point producers in Superflex tight end premium. Puka Nakua, L.A. Rams, is that a good offense? That's Historically? Good. Yeah. As long as Matt Stafford's healthy, been pretty good. What about the Detroit Lions under Ben Johnson and with Jared Goff at the Q, at the helm? They have been awesome. Uh, Sam Laporta, pretty good. Now, I, I will give you that C.J. Stroud probably, definitely, at least for me personally, he exceeded my expectations. Um, B. John Robinson. He was good at football, and the even though the so so there is the case where your offense can be cheeks, and if you're good enough, you 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 can still. But, but then we go to Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, again, again the Lions' offense, good offense. Uh, Jordan Addison, the Vikings' offense under Kevin O'Connell had been really good, and they were humming, humming, up until Captain Kirk got hurt, and then he still did pretty well. Yeah, um, Jaden Reed. You know, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, impressed, good offense. Oh, Rishi Rice. Oh, shocker, yeah, he did okay. well. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I've heard of those guys. Um, Zay Flowers, you know, he kind of had his moments. Um, but Devon Achan, I mentioned Mike McDaniel and his offense. We know it's good. And then, of course, Dalton Kincaid and Tank Dell. But then you get to some of the other guys, and it's like Seattle's offense has been mid. Just, I mean, been it's had its moments. Yep. DK Metcalf's been down. Kenneth Walker injuries notwithstanding. And, and, and then we look back and we're like, man, why did Jackson Smith and Jigba not flash more? Part of it was, you know, obviously him, but part of it is that offense. So I would say if you have a tie and you're looking at two different prospects, ask yourself, is it a good offense, Jerry? Here's the thing. People love to say process over results. The thing is, is we play a results game. It's literally all it is, is just the results of what happened in games. 
And if you pick a player on an offense that does not score tons of points, <clears throat> I'm going to blow your mind here, Randall. Your player will not score points. So yes, I'm with you. And there and there and there are that down. Yeah, it's a profound points <laughs> equals points. Got it. Notes uh, taken. But listen, and there's there's outliers. Don't get me wrong. Bijan was on a poop offense, but also Arthur Smith historically ran the ball a shitload with Derrick Henry. Now, granted, didn't give Bijan the love we wanted. Still good enough for him to be successful. I mean, Quentin Johnston had a good offense. He's Quentin Johnston, so that didn't work out. There's outliers. There's always freaking outliers, but I'm with you. It, it, you are You are putting yourself in a better situation if you draft players who are in great offenses. That's yeah. it, it's, it seems so easy. And yet when we get to April, it's like everybody forgets everything because X, Y, Z player did awesome against Bama and it, it, you know, player one, two, three was awesome in the playoff. And we just forget we're, we're, we're short-minded. Don't give I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging. I am as well, but Wild. I, I I do want to bring up some stuff for the chat before we start answering some some questions from the chat. And we're getting a lot of love tonight from It's Chuka Baby, Matt B, and uh, Anthony. And Anthony, I'm not going to do you and your ancestors the disservice of trying to pronounce your last name. I apologize in advance. But they're mentioning other things about like, you know, breakout age um elite college talent versus elite and on all of that's true but i will allow personally the use of college resume as these guys go into their rookie season but just like when you go into your job whatever your degree is if you got a degree we have a lot of quote unquote blue collar um electricians contractors carpenters that listen to this show but if you're a college grad and you have a degree, Jerry, how often do you use your degree in your in your real job? How much does your college resume matter now that you're in the workforce? Uh, I mean, my writing skill does a little, but outside of that, very, believe, it or, very, believe it or not, I don't talk much about 7th century English history when I'm kicking a drunk out of a bar. You, you know, um, when I'm managing production... On, on a daily basis. A lot of those business admin classes don't necessarily, uh, you know, pop up. I'm not saying they're not important, but I, I've heard this with, with Justin Fields now. We have three years of NFL film on him, 10 total wins, and people still want to say back at Ohio State, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and all of those um, really good wide receivers, they're not walking through the door. An offensive line that didn't let anyone breathe on him is is no longer relevant. We've seen you in the workforce. You could have a, a really good degree, and you could have been Magnus, Sue, cum laude, whatever the hell. Doesn't really matter. If I get you in the workforce, young hey, Sparky. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me, let me interject right there. I had to take uh, four years of Latin because of my history degree. That means the greatest with praise. See? Uh, look at I am using my diploma. Nailed there you it. go. Look, look at that. Uh, young Sparky, what, what I'm going to do is I, I, I'm going to, you know, mentor you with the real world. You know, hey, here's what you're doing. Here's where we're going. 
Um, just, just remember that. So Jerry, let's get into some of these questions from these good peoples. Um, I got to scroll back a little bit. So I'm, uh, I'm filibustering. So, uh, it's Chuka baby about an hour ago or so. Uh, he says he has the one in, in a one QB league. He or she, I don't know. It's Chuka baby. Um, they have the one Oh four and the Superflex 106. It seems like I'm getting Bowers in both. Would you trade out? He has Evan Ingram in Superflex and Jake Turd Ferguson in the one QB. Would I trade out of that? I don't think I would. I mean, it, especially if it's tight end premium, for sure. No, I'm taking them both. I, I, I am going to, yeah, if it's tight end premium, just get the guy. I know people are going to say, well, it's Kyle Pitts, and we were anti, not anti, but we were not pro. No. We yeah, I was strong, anti, but we were not strongly pro taking Kyle Pitts. Again, I, this is why I, I like doing mock drafts, but I, I never get locked into anything. I, I, I just want to do as many mock drafts as possible because then when like you actually start doing it, it feels real. But like if I had the 104 and the 106, I'm gonna go to that league and I'm gonna look at the three three GMs in front of me. And at the 106, I'm going to look at the five in front of me. What do I think I'm going to get? Hey, if this happens, hey, what do I think they're going to take? Um, do I want to trade up? Is there someone, hey, I can move from the 106 and I'd like to get to the 103 because I would like to have my choice of the, you know, the, the second quarterback off the board. There's so many things that you can do that we don't know right now because we love mock drafts, and we love that you love mock drafts because you guys drive this train. But the real mock drafts that we'll do, like literally the Sunday night after the NFL draft. I'm going to the draft, by the way. Um, uh, in the D. That, that, in the, pause. Uh, we th Those will be the mock drafts that you really want to tune in for because we'll have landing spot, we'll have draft capital. But until then, just mock. But I would say... If, if you're there and you like Ingram, and I'm a big Ingram guy. Now, I have Ingram as the fourth best tight end in Dynasty, but I, you don't have to draft him there. So just because I like him as the fourth best overall doesn't mean you have to draft him there. So I think he's really good. So if you get to 104, Bowers is on the board, you'd be like, guys, who wants Brock Bowers? Who's interested? Right. Like, and, 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 and this is one of those times where telling the truth can actually be good for you. In Dynasty, you should always tell the truth most of the time. But remember my motto, I'll tell you the truth one time. I will lie to you. Uh, this is where the, the, the truth can actually help you in the league. Be like, look, I'm very happy with Evan Ingram. I'm, I'm very happy with Jake Ferguson. Would someone like to come up and get Brock Bowers right now? You, you have to, in a situation like that, if you put on your salesman hat, you might get a better ROI, Jerry. Yeah. I mean, the other alternative is what kind of veteran can I get in that situation? If I'm gonna, it's going to be a 24 year old or 25 year old who's had a great season. And I'm just going to try and profit off of rookie hype, but I'm cool with Bowers too. Like a hundred out of a hundred. And I am well, well known for hating taking tight ends, but I just feel like you're you're past the the tier, and if you can get that guy there, that's a, that seems pretty good. I will say this: if Brock Bowers goes fifth overall to the Chargers in a Jim Harbaugh offense, 
with Justin Herbert, I would have zero problem if you took him as the 103 off the board in a super flex tight end premium. But now let's now let's say it's not tight end premium. Oh, then I'm probably trading out of it. You know, I I wouldn't take him any earlier than the 104 in a non-tight end premium. No earlier. Even in the 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 choice. Well, no, no, no. I, I I'm saying with those picks in general, if it's not tight end premium, you just trading out. Yeah, I mean, in because um, I know Matt likes uh, Brooks, the running back Brooks. Um, uh, the guy I'm just drawing a blank because I, I think you know, I think I think I would tough. probably trade out of the 104 and a one QB. I think I'm probably sticking with uh, 106 and Superflex. Trey Benson I, I, was who I was thinking of, by the way. See, I like Jonathan Brooks. Brooks is my dog. And, I, and, I mean, I, I know he's hurt, but. And in one QB league, if I don't have the 101 through 103, I'm I'm more than happy to let someone else push the button on 104. That's because okay. I th- because I, I, I I'm cool with 106 world, though. I could see Super a world five. where, given the right landing spot and draft capital, where Roma Dunze could leapfrog Malik Neighbors. I don't think it'll happen because the Malik na- uh, Neighbors drumbeat has gotten so Definitely. strong. That the the contrarians of the world are already wanting to put him ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I really like Malik Neighbors, but I've been doing this a long time, and I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver prospect I've seen since Calvin Johnson. I'm not going to outthink the room. I'm just going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. All right, I got I got I got three. I have three comparisons of wide receivers, Jerry. You can tell me which ones you like the best, which ones you disagree with. Um, Malachi Corley, who is one of my favorites. The comp from the chat is Debo Samuels. Roman Wilson as a mini Amon Ra St. Brown. At least I hope he means Amon Ra, not Equinemius, because well, Equinemius sucks. Good on the podcast, though, with his brother. I do like him there. And then uh, Roman Wilson equals Nico Collins. So does Ro- I'll start with Roman Wilson. You're uh, wearing a Detroit hat. Uh, does Roman Wilson remind you more of a mini Amon Ross St. Brown or uh, more of a Nico Collins? I mean, he's probably, he plays probably more like Amon Ra, but it's tough to say that he's Amon Ra. It, Roman Wilson is one of those players that I don't know because watching him at Michigan, now granted, it was not a high flying air raid attack and if you watch them at all you know that they played a very boring excellent but boring brand of football he was just good he was never awesome at anything but yet he was always open so he creates space which makes me think he's closer to Amon Ra Nico was just a, a effing animal at Michigan and last year he was just beating people and bodying them and mossing them and everything else. So Roman Wilson's one of those players that if he's literally never relevant in dynasty circles, or if he finishes as wide receiver 13, I think that entire range is open for him. He's just a person I can't put a finger on. So I don't want to be disingenuous about it. Yeah, uh, Anthony brings up a, a a good take in the in the chat. You know, Michigan had a great defense and rarely had to throw. Um, let me go back to Nico for a second. Do you think that C.J. Stroud and the offense 
Um, do you think that's what unlocked Nico Collins? Do you think he flashed at the end because Tank Dell was hurt? I, th- I thought Tank Dell was taking over that offense. Um, do you have concerns about Nico going into 2024? I mean, there's going to be weeks where both of them are just poop. Because I think both of those wide receivers are good. And I think C.J. Stroud can always get them the ball. And I, I there's going to be certain games where they just take over. And the other one is just not there because they don't need him to be. Because they're trying to win games. They're not trying to win us matchups. And if one person is torching one of the other corners, they're just going to keep feeding them. So I, I think there will be headaches. I think they'll both be fine. I don't think either of them are going to be absolutely just bananas awesome. So, so yes, I have concerns about both, but I also think both are good. Like, I, I, I just think I've always thought that Nico Collins was the best wide receiver on that team. He, even when he was at Michigan, everybody had him pegged third behind Tariq Black, who you've never heard of, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's just never been excellent. So, I, I mean, it's tough. I wouldn't be surprised if either one eliminated the other one, and I wouldn't be surprised if both of them were just middling. Yeah, Roman Wilson's going to go in a very interesting part of the draft. Yeah. Because um, you have like Lad McConkey in that range. You're going to have um, just a, a ton of guys. But the guy, the other guy in the chat was Malachi Corley compared to Debo Samuel. Um, I don't think he'll quite get as many rush attempts as Debo. I mean, it's going to come down to the offense that he lands in. I'll be honest. When when I see him play, I kind of see more of a Cooper Cup. Now, he could be a better athlete than Cooper Cup. We'll see that at the Combine this week. I I just like the way he runs his routes. I like the way that he creates separation. I think he – and I I don't want to call him Puka Nakua either, but I like wide receivers that play that brand of football that really do, that have the ability to produce yak, that have the ability to produce separation. They can run routes close to the the line of scrimmage and and take it an additional 20, 25 yards, whatever it is. Um, They don't have to beat you with long speed and and jump balls. Uh, That's the way the game was played 10 years ago. It's not really so much how how it's played now. And he is going to be one of my dudes. Like If I had to say out of everyone that I've done the research on this year, so far I have two dudes. Memphis dudes. One is Malachi Corley, huge fan. And the other is Drake May. And and this is why I I love social media. Um, One of the few reasons I love social media is like getting non-dynasty and fantasy football content creators opinions on these guys. You know, Steve Smith um, really was showing Malachi Corley some love. Uh, TJ Hushman's for the record started, that I, I just started watching the Steve Smith stuff. Bro, so it's, awesome. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's he's fantastic. Great. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Um, because you know, the, the saying is real, it's game recognized game. And, and when I see guys like Steve Smith talk about a guy, is he always right? No, even though not. he plays, you, can't. you can't, he should be in the hall of fame, but, but even, even though, um, he played the game. He's going to have misses. Another guy that I, I love who does this is uh, TJ Hushmanzada. You know, he put Fair. me on Michael Wilson last year, and I still think Michael Wilson's going to be a thing this year, especially especially if Marvin Harrison doesn't go there. So it, it's a wonderful time of the year, Jerry, and it was wonderful having you back, and thank you guys. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, 
Well, I'll, I'll back the truck up. If you're listening to this on Monday on patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone with the before I hit the record button portion with Jerry again talking about poker, dog poop, and Dave Portnoy. So poker poop portnoy in the before I hit the war zone, and you got it early and you got it ad-free um, on patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. And we're getting ready to start up our newest startup. Uh, Neil has got everything cleaned up. Um, we are ready to run. That's patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. And, uh, Jerry, let's come back and do another one next week. I would absolutely we'll bring friends. We'll bring friends. Um, we'll, uh, we'll try to get the sleeper set up to where we can actually show the draft on, on, uh, YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which is where I was taking that point, if you're listening to this on Wednesday and you're like, shit, I would like to get Memphis or Jerry or maybe Dan's back in here with us. I would like to get them to answer a question for me. You know what? If you're not watching on YouTube, I can't answer your questions. If you're not asking questions in the group chat, I can't answer your questions. Um, I don't want to miss anybody, so I'm, I'm going to do my best. But Rubio, Anthony, uh, Chuka, Matt B, all of you guys, thank you so much for all the interaction, all the all the questions. Um, we're going to make that a part of the off season. We'll try to save the last 10 to 15 minutes. We'll answer questions directly from the show. Uh, Matt's like, what's the question, bro? Uh, I don't remember your question at this point, Matt, but I appreciate you listening. And Jerry, I appreciate you being back. Thanks buddy. I'm you upset th you that think I brought work. We'll let you, we'll come back next week for some more. If not, I'll just quit. No, I won't, but <laughs> you, you probably I, shouldn't. Listen, I, I listen, I'm in a bad mood. I brought up Hakeem Butler, and it brought back PTSD. It's just a terrible time. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have brought up Corey Coleman. That's a different conversation <laughs> that, for a different, different day. See, anyway, that's insider joke. That's for the longtime listeners. That is for the longtime listener. But for you, the new listener or the longtime listener, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be doing some more stuff. And at some point, I, I've got some big announcements. I've got a new show in the works. And, uh, some stuff. So stay tuned, subscribe everywhere, leave a five-star review, join the Patreon and have a good damn week. We'll see you next time. You guys, uh, I'm, I'm filibustering because I got to hit a button here. You guys have a great week. We'll see and you next old. time. He can't figure it out. It's a computer. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak